0: Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we welcome corporate sales manager for the Sacramento Rivercats, John Watts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street, where we give voice to the everyday person. Hey, guys, this is uh, the co-host, the voice, Nick Kleitch. and with me today, Cole. What's going on, brother?
1: Uh, Nick, you know I am. Uh, I, I'm doing this for 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 Jeremy as well. I'm kind of kind of speaking for for both of us when I say um, this guest and the person that we have on this podcast one was so excited to do this, and that is something that I personally take great pride in, but also appreciate so much, because when someone's as excited as John Watts was to come on this podcast, they bring that certain oomph, or that certain energy, you cannot replace, it's totally natural, it's something that is totally, like, attractive, and and it grabs people, and makes you want to listen and And be engaged with that much more than you know someone who just has a cool story and a cool story to tell or or a cool experience to share uh when they when people bring energy and they're excited about doing this and they want to and and even ask like i and I give kudos watch asked. he's like, "How do I do it? how do I do it? How do I get on like what do I got to do And I'm like nothing, man, you're interesting, like come on, I want you on um when people are like that, and when people are 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 adamant and they they uh they are forthright about. They're forthcoming about wanting to be on this podcast. Uh, it's so refreshing and it's so so awesome to 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 know and to feel because it, it does have that that certain quality that you just can't replicate or replace. Um, so big thanks to Watts, but super awesome guest, man. Like I'll I'll actually let you, Nick. I'll allow you to to introduce him and, and get us into the interview portion of the sh- the, the show.
0: Yeah, he was really fun to speak with uh, for me on a couple different fronts. The first is he's a very sales-oriented individual. So we have uh, a couple of of nuggets of information in there if you are in sales. Uh, talk a little bit about how he kind of converted his natural personality into his occupation. Um, also, some influences that he's had in his career that was really fun to kind of debunk and, and talk to and unpack just because um, I think... Where he is in life in terms of physical location is very different from me personally and a lot of uh, the residents on State Street. Uh, He is out in LA and grew up around those areas. So, uh, super cool to get his perspective. Um, And then, lastly, like you said, Cole, uh, present, being present with us and uh, what a guy to just get to know and engage with. Um, It made for, uh, we we had done this interview uh, so quickly that I didn't even realize like we were even halfway or three fourths of the way
1: through. Well, and that that was like the cool thing is like we got going on on just the introduction portion that I had mapped out, Nick. And it's like, holy crap, we got to talk about how this guy came to Sacramento, how he's now the corporate the corporate sales manager for the River Cats. Obviously, I work with him daily, is what that means. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's something that I don't know. Like it's it's hard for me to explain. It's hard for me to talk about, but. His story and the way that he presented it, and the way that he talked about those influences and how they impacted him, and and how like it's it's led his journey and kind of winded up to here, and and obviously just another great like example of a different walk of life, and we can like everybody can learn something from everybody, and it, like it's just another great example of that. So uh, Nick, I'll turn it to you, but I think without further ado.
0: Yes, yes, you stole the the phrase right out of my mouth. Uh, I'm going to use uh, Watts' uniqueness to also give you guys a heads up. For all our LA Laker fans and NBA fans, this is a a great episode as well, too. Uh, We get into a little bit on the Mamba mentality and what that means to Watts. But without giving away any more information, again, uh, thank you guys for the support.
1: Without further ado, let's get to the interview we are uh we are, we are very excited this evening uh, to welcome on another State Street resident a new state street resident uh but also someone who I have gotten to know very well who has helped me become uh the person that I am today professionally uh mr John watts corporate sales manager for the Sacramento Rivercats joins us this evening uh watts man it's uh, it's good to have you on State Street I know you've been excited we've been talking a lot about it in the office the I could feel the excitement brewing especially today how are you
2: Cole, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's it's an honor to be on this, on
1: this show. It's it's an honor to have you, man. I've been pumped about this. I know we're going through like a little bit crazy time of work right now. I mean, I don't know how many voicemails and emails you left the office with. I know I left with a ton, so I got a lot of work to catch up on tomorrow. That can all, we can push that to the side for this evening uh, because busy season, slow season aside, uh, it's always good to have have new people on this podcast. So For the residents, uh, obviously want to do formal introductions. Nick is here with me tonight. Uh, We do not have Jeremy. Unfortunately, Jeremy did have a a pre-planned event that he had to be at, uh, so he won't be with us. But Nick, uh, this is Mr. John Watts. Uh, corporate sales manager. He is my friend. He is a, a great mentor, awesome, and, and a, a true role model in our office. Embodies exactly the the work ethic and and what the Rivercats are trying to do, uh, especially on the corporate sales side. Um, so yeah, man, I'll, I'll allow you to to say your piece and and welcome him on to State Street. Watts, what's going on, brother? Nick,
2: it's great to be on State Street. I'm I'm excited to to hear uh, what questions we have and and, and uh, get started.
0: Yeah, man. I, uh, it's always good to meet folks that are outside of your box, so to speak. And I said this off air, but I'll just uh, put it in this spot. Uh, we come from very different backgrounds and upbringing. So it's going to be great to have me get a little cultured in today's conversation, but we're talking sales and, and what a fun area to div- 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 divulge into. Uh, but with that, I'll turn it back to you, buddy.
1: Yeah, man. So Watts, what, what I'll have you do first off. Let me ask this just so like people listening to this episode can hear this. Is this your first interview ever?
2: You know, this, this would be my first uh, podcast interview for sure. Uh, yeah. On the station. yeah it's, uh, thank you for the introduction, Cole. Uh, more than kind. Uh, do my best that I can, you know, in this crazy, crazy times we're in. Um, but, you know, interviewed us maybe a little bit here and there back in the old high school football days, but nothing serious
1: quarterback in high school, right?
2: Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: And and don't, don't let it, don't let Watts confuse you. Anybody who talks to him, he can still sling it. I've witnessed it. We we've thrown the ball around in the park a few times. Uh, so he can still sling sling the pigskin around, uh, Watts, man. So why don't I just have you do this? Why don't I just kind of have you tell, uh, people listening to this episode, exactly who you are kind of, kind of talk about where you come from your kind of your, your life, uh, up to like getting into the professional world and, and we can kind of go from there and, and hear about some stops along the way after you, you tell us about, uh, growing up and, and kind of all the places you've been up till now.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so grew up in Southern California, um, locker center, which is a su- small suburb city in, in locker- or in California, um, LA area. Um, I was, for example, I was 20 minutes from Dodger stadium. Um, hour from the beach. So there's a lot of different things that you could do um, growing up. So I grew up, have a sister, um, raised by my mom and dad, um, beautiful, wonderful people. Um, Yeah, love growing up in the Southern California area. Um, Went to high school at Crescenta Valley High School. Um, Didn't attend attend college, Um, I like to quote Jay-Z and say I go to college every day. Um, It's a a learning experience uh, life, so. I think I've taken my experiences and turned them into to positive things, um, not having that college experience. So um, that's something that I have two children and I will encourage them to go to college and encourage them that school is very important. Um, that's a message that's a little bit hard to, to hit home these days, <laughs> um, but you know, they're, they're, uh, they're great kids and they're doing the best they can. So um, yeah, no, grew up in Southern California, um, you know, did go to college, like I said, bounced around and some, some smaller jobs. Um, moved from the LA area up to Fresno, um, answered an ad on, I think Craigslist for the Fresno Grizzlies and their inside sales department and uh, started working there. And from there on, I've, I've built a built a career in, I guess you call it sports sales, um, somewhat sports management. I, I still, I, I'm a corporate sales manager, but I still, Selling is still my bread and butter for sure. Uh, still working on the the managing part of of things every day. So, um, but yeah, stops in uh, Fresno, Stockton, um, and and I'm in Sacramento now. And uh, uh, it's a, it's a great great opportunity, great organization to work for. Um, so looking forward to the to the 2021 season. Glad, glad it's here.
1: Yeah, which which this episode uh, is going to be coming out uh essentially a w- about a week from when we record it so we'll be we'll be underway with with opening day on may 20th um watch you bring up a, a really good point just kind of right off the bat and, and let me ask this so just for the state street residents the, the people listening to this get to know you a little bit better how many kids do you have really quick
2: i have two kids i have a boy and a girl uh, mason and harley uh, mason is 14 and harley is 13.
1: Okay, right on. So, so let me ask this as a, as a follow up. Just just talking years, and and for people to get a, a good p- good picture painted of, of who you are. SoCal guy, got two kids. Uh, how long have you worked in like minor league baseball? Like, when was your first year?
2: You know, that's a great question. I want to say I was looking back. I want to say my first year was either two thousand five or two thousand six. It's got to mm-hmm. be one of those two um i was actually asking my inside sales manager that uh, a couple of years ago and i want to say it was 2006 so i've been in the industry for uh what f- 15 years for
1: 15 years uh 15 years 14 years depending if you count covid but i mean we'll count it cuz yeah, there was yeah. a lot of work there was a lot of work to be done even in covid time uh so yeah 15 years um what so you you brought up a really good point that i do want to go back to so you said like obviously not go to college you go to college every day, like you have a degree in life and that's something that you have to, like, it forces you to be a really, really like observant person and a learner of all things and experiences and people you come across or you like the situation you find yourself in. So like what, when did, when did you, when can you remember at least having like that mindset really click with you?
2: Um, you know, I think it was definitely, um, when I was in Fresno, uh, when I when I first started kind of this this career, um, you know, it's it, it's cool when you find something that you like to do, mm-hmm. um, I think. And then, then it doesn't really turn into work. Uh, it's more about building your success, uh, you know, building, building yourself as a person, as a professional. Um, so I definitely was in Fresno and it wasn't the first day I was in Fresno. Um, you know, I, I've always played sports growing up, baseball, football, basketball. Um, love sports, Uh, part of my life definitely, you know, woke up, mom taught me how to read the sports page, read the box score when I was little. So it's definitely part of my life. So being able to uh, work in sports and make a career life uh, of it uh, was great. And I definitely think that happened, you know, after probably my my first three, four months in Fresno, kind of understanding how this business works and um, knowing that, hey, all it takes to do is to pick up the phone and just hammer the phone and you're gonna make connections and you're eventually gonna yeah. make sales and that sale is gonna to lead to another sale, meeting a person's gonna to lead to meeting another person, um, so forth, so on. So um, I started an inside sales in Fresno, was promoted to an account executive my second year, the second season per se. Uh, I sold a full season suite my second season. Wow. wow. Led, led, led the whole staff in new sales. Uh got a trip to a uh, good old, uh, uh,
3: I'm in the Bahamas. Went to the Bahamas. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yes.
1: So, so let me let me let me ask this then, Watts. Um, when you when you were answering that like that ad on Craigslist and you walk in for your first couple days, what were you expecting? And then conversely, what was it reality? Like like did you have a good idea, a good picture of what you were gonna getting yourself into, like working in sports? but working in sales as well? Or was there a completely different expectation versus what it was in reality?
2: No, I think um, my, my, uh, my boss at that time, Ash Anionson, who's been a huge part of my, my sports career. Um, he's up in the, in the Oregon area now, doesn't work in sports, um, works for Tesla as a recruiter. Um, oh, wow. He was huge in explaining like, what the opportunity was and like what the opportunity could be if I wanted to put in the work, mm-hmm. uh, so forth, so on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 great having good leadership around you and and having people, you know, not not uh, not not kind of lead you on and you know and and, and let you know an opportunity it, maybe an opportunity is not as great as you thought or or they kind of presented once you kind of find out and been there. Uh, once right. I was there, I met ash to uh pat philippone who today i still talk to who is definitely one of my mentors um so yeah definitely having good people present you with the uh right opportunity and being honest with you about the opportunity is 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 key i think in in success
1: yeah. And, and you bring up some really great points about leadership, about mentorship and about surrounding yourself with the right people, which I do want to get to eventually. I want to hit on one last thing, uh, before we transition to that. So when you, when, when you get into like, when you, when you're, you're, you're moving, you're, you're in your first couple of days, or even like maybe even like a, a few days or weeks before starting like that first day on the job, did you have any sort of like, mindset or any plan that you thought was going to be mapped out? Like, okay, I'm going to spend so many years here. I'm going to spend so many years here. And like, I'm just going to continue to work my way up. Or what was your personal maybe goal or expectation, whichever way you want to think of it when you started?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, you know, once I got in and had an idea of what opportunity that I had in front of me, it definitely was, you know, um, getting as high up to the sales level as I could. Um, You know, for me, uh, being a corporate sales manager is awesome. Um, Definitely would like to move up that chain to like a vice president of sales or something like that. Um, I I don't know if I'm the guy who wants to become a general manager someday uh, or Mm -hmm. anything like that. I think there's a lot of people that strive to be that. Obviously, we work with the general manager who has set himself up well and has gone through that kind of situation and has catapulted himself to be a general manager at a a young age. Um, That's Mm -hmm. not really my that's not really my, my home. Um, I enjoy the sales part of this. Um, I don't really want to get to know the operations side or the travel side or any of that kind of stuff. I don't really, that's not anything that interests me at all. Um, sales interests me and that's why I'm good at it. And that's why I continue to do it.
1: When, let me, let me ask that. Cause that brings up a great point. When, when did you realize Watts like you are a salesman because you are a good one
2: yeah you know I, I thank you thank you I appreciate it um, you know I've always had a pretty like outgoing personality uh, my mom used to always tell me that when I was younger um, you know yeah I've always been kind of you know um, I was I, I was up for uh, a lot of different things in, in high school you know uh, biggest flirt uh, you know when I was a senior so you know I, I'm good at, at communicating and, and talking to different people you know um, you, you got you got have a personality and I, I think if people that, that don't have a huge personality, that's great for them. If that works for them, awesome. But for me, like, I would just encourage, like, having a, a big personality in that kind of thing.
1: Well, and, and a big part of sales, too, kind of that, like, I've almost, myself, I've, I've noticed in, like, the last year, I've innately gotten from you, Watts, specifically, is you're huge on, like, hand gestures. And obviously, people can't see This episode visually, but we we're talking on this call right now, and and Watts is a big like talk with your hands guy, and I even notice like I start doing it myself, or like when I'll be on the phone, I notice I do it, and obviously that's like from seeing Watts do it, watching you work. Uh, Um, have you always been like an exuberant talker? Were you that guy in high school that like you could sell anything, or like like you said, like you were a flirt? It was just like it it just came natural to you.
2: Uh, I wouldn't say that. I've always been I've always been somewhat of a shy person as well. Uh, I think, as all of us, when we get comfortable, we come out of our shells. Um, you know, I, I think I'm someone that can get comfortable pretty quickly, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I think I'm very guarded as well with certain things. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think I think yeah, I've I've always had this type of, of kind of personality and and uh, mm-hmm. you know, part to my part of myself that kind of thing.
1: Do you do you feel like you're? do you feel like you're a chameleon just in, in terms of like, you can, you can adapt or shift to kind of to the environment you're in, or do you feel like you add an element that maybe is missing to whatever situation you walk into?
2: Um, You know, I I think that I hopefully like to add to an element. Um, You know, I think sometimes I can, I can be better in certain situations. Um, I've found like uh, to your point earlier of having so many voicemails and emails to get to, like I find myself kind of as like a uh, when I'm returning some of these calls, like I'm tense and mad, and I shouldn't be for any reason. Like it's not people on the other end of the phone. They're they're have the right to ask us these questions and be helped along with the process of switching from paper tickets to mobile tickets. Um, you know, so I but I find myself I think sometimes I gotta take a step back and not let someone else's attitude control my attitude. If that makes sense. I think yeah. that's something that we all have to sometimes do at times and someone's upset and angry. Uh, it takes a lot not to react upset and angry to them.
1: It, it, I have to be honest and, and I'll get to Nick, you know, cause he, he does have a question for you, but it's kind of interesting. The, the industry we work in specifically, because a lot of the questions and a lot of the frustration actually come out of anger, which I've found, like I talked to Nick a lot about this, but like The frustration, the questions, the, maybe the, the heart, like the hard time people give you come from excitement of just wanting to be at the ballpark, especially coming out of a year. Like we didn't have baseball season, so they couldn't, and people forgot how much they like it and like, it's back. So they want to be there. They're excited. And it's like, I want to do everything I can to, to be at this baseball game, you know, on May 20th or throughout the year. Uh, But it it does, it does sometimes come up, come across as frustration, right?
2: Yeah, definitely, and I think you know we are we are in a situation where our staff is a little bit smaller than, than usual, mm-hmm. So I think we are trying to catch up. You know, we, you, me, you, and Jack, um, we are very um, like proactive people. So like when we see that there's always twenty three voicemails in the hits line, you know, instead of letting it get to forty five hits voicemails in the hits line, we're like, hey, let's take care of this. For some people I think would be like, Oh God, I don't know want even deal with any of that. Like, are you kidding me? I don't even know where to start. Um, you just got to start. You just got to do it. You got to, you got to, you got to gotta try.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Nick, go ahead, man. Well, I,
0: uh, I think that so much of this stuff, uh, is discovering yourself as a salesman, because I would say I was a talker as well too, but for some reason, like whenever, so like I've been told by my family members, like, Hey, you could talk to anyone. You could sell ice to Eskimos or whatever the phrase is, but it's, it's weird when you have to, that you have an objective of an end goal all of a sudden when you get in sales. So I have, I have two questions. First one is, how did, you, how did you find that switch where it was like, okay, I'm good at interacting and engaging people, but when all of a sudden now I have an objective to hit, so to speak, do, you know, how do you handle that, I guess?
2: Well, I guess you, I think you kind of, uh, you map it out, right? You, 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 you map out what, what you're going to do to hit that angle, right? Or, 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 that, or that objective. Um, you, you, can't, you can't look at it as a whole right away gonna overwhelm you. Um, I think you have to take it step by step. You have to have a plan of how you're gonna attack that that end goal or whatever that is if you have a goal of thirty thousand dollars that month, uh, you're not gonna sell all thirty in the first two days. So you better try and get an idea of how you're gonna hit that thirty and if you get behind or you're not you're not it's not going the way that you thought. Uh, you got to be able to adjust on the fly i think in sales that's a big big thing i think you have to uh, not be too high not be too low you got to hover in the middle um and i think that that will help you kind of take care of those things
0: well and to unpack that a little bit i think that you're absolutely right the biggest thing that kind of my mind shift was is getting to and this goes back to a book i read on sales All you're doing is trying to get that person to the next step in the process. And when you understand it's maybe that simple it eliminates some of the stress of like, Oh my God, I got to make it s- this sale. You know, it's like, okay, I just have to advance them to the next phase. And I, my selling is a little bit more complex is multi-step, whereas I'm not sure if you guys are fairly transactional, uh, in your process, but as I failed at this very poorly in the beginning part of my selling career, I wanted to be friends with everyone. Um, I wanted to try to do my best with whatever prospect I had well. Turns out you can waste a lot of time with people that aren't even qualified, you know, that are in the market for your services, so to speak. So uh, that was the only thing I had. Uh, I think we're right in the the part of the conversation where we need to be, Cole, from that perspective. Hey, State Street Gang, we're going to steal you away real quick. Uh, Cole, I actually have a couple of promos to run by you.
1: What do you got, Nick? I'm excited to hear. So the first one
0: is our partners over at Driftless Quality Wear actually have a new website coming out and you can find them at DriftlessQualityWear.com.
1: No way. Dude, that's awesome. So how does
0: State Street factor into that? Yeah, great question. So for all the folks that haven't purchased anything on their website, go ahead. And prior to checking out, if you enter State Street, uh, you'll actually get a 10% discount off the entire cart.
1: Okay. What kind of things do they have? Do they have like outdoor wear since it's getting cold here?
0: Yeah. Great question. And it really is getting cold. So they have crewnecks, long sleeves. I actually got a long sleeve myself, beanies. Uh, They even go as far as camping mugs, which I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So tell me again how I get this and where I need to go.
0: Yeah. So go ahead and type in state street at checkout and receive 10% off your entire cart purchase.
1: Cool, man. I can't wait. Let's get back to the show. Thanks guys. yeah no that's that I mean all of the, all of this is good stuff watt's like one thing one thing too that like I know like you've preached um when when I came right on Troy preached, obviously you guys like kind of working hand in hand with with the new the newbies when I was a newbie uh like and i, I still am for that matter but but like when I was cool. real fresh,
2: been
1: a bit of long hole um. <laughs> But like the the biggest thing is like get an answer, come away with an answer. Don't come away with a maybe or a or like a send me an email. It's like yes, no, or like hey, sir, like it, it, not right now. Circle back with me though, right? Or yeah, even yeah, even no, a referral. Yes, I
2: agree. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not uh, worth it to waste your time. Uh, I think in our business call, uh, big saying or at least in our our company, uh, our culture. Is uh, the relationship doesn't start until the sale is made. There's no relationship until you make the sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have meeting after meeting after meeting with somebody. As you said, you're wasting your time. It's either a yes or no after the second. You don't need to have three meetings with somebody. You should be able to get an answer after the second.
1: Right. Um. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I think that's gold too for anybody listening to this that's doing sales or it's just, I mean, we're we're all selling ourselves every single day. It's just a matter of, like, are, are you are you selling a product? Are you trying to sell yourself? Are you trying to? I mean, selling yourself is is something as simple as trying to get hired somewhere. So that it, it literally is as simple as that. Uh, Nick, did you have one other thing? Because if not, I, I want to get into uh, to mentorship, which Watson kind of hit on before we got on on our sales rant and, and the the kind of the foundation talk there. So uh, he's shaking his head no at me. So that's perfectly fine. I, I love it. Um, Watts, you talked about like the guys that, that mentored you coming up. Uh, we can tease this right now. Cause I'm going to ask this question about who inspired you. So I'll let you think on it. Obviously being from LA, people can't see the shirt you're wearing right now. You're wearing a Lakers shirt, Kobe Bryant, massive inspiration to your life. You're a huge proponent of the Mamba mentality, which we will talk about. It's just a matter of time and, and getting to that. But so let me ask this Watts, other than Kobe Bryant, um, who were your mentors? And it's totally okay to reiterate some of the few you said before. Uh, but who inspired you? Who were your mentors kind of in that phase of life where you were just getting going?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, early in my life, um, I mean, obviously, you know, my dad has always been a mentor of my life. Um, that kind of thing. So you no, know, my dad is dad is my hero, uh, been someone that I've looked up to my whole life, his professional life, a little different, blue-collar worker, um, but for sure. Him early in my life was a huge mentor. Um, After that, you know, I had a a couple different people. Um, Mark Miller, who works in the retail industry down in um, Los Angeles. Um, I don't know if you guys know the store called Pick and Save. Mm -mm. Okay, there's a. uh, I think it's a West Coast West Coast store, and it's old. It used to be used to be Pick and Save, then it turned to Big Lots. Okay. And then now uh, he has restarted pick and save. So he's been in the retail industry for a long time, but um, I worked at a school, funny story, I worked at a school where I met um, my kid's kids' mom Mm -hmm. um, and Mark Miller's kids went there. So I was a teacher assistant in a a younger life um, and Mark Miller would roll up nice suit, nice BMW, Mercedes, and I was like, who is this guy? What does he do? So got to know him. Um, actually, he helped me get a couple opportunities early on in my life down in LA, uh, but just didn't pan out. Um, that retail industry is a different monster. Um, it, it really is. Um, but to this day, I still keep in contact with him. He just reopened Pick and Save uh, this past year. Wow. Um, so uh, it's the first the, the first store is down in Long Beach. And I think they're trying to open another one. Uh, but he was a huge person. It taught me how to be a business person at a young age, um, right. taking notes, um, dressing nice, being presentable, um, you know, introducing yourself, first and last name, um, that kind of thing. So Mark Miller definitely, in, in an early part of my life when I was trying to kind of find myself, that kind of thing. But he definitely helped me, and I took some things from him that I still use today in, in, in my business life for sure. Um, then after him, definitely. Definitely Pat Philippone, who was the general manager in Fresno. Mm -hmm. Um, Ash Anderson was the inside sales manager. So, Ash, definitely a bit of a mentor, but Pat Philippone, definitely more. Um, When I left Fresno, he took about uh, six of us from from Fresno to Stockton, kind of revamped that organization and kind of get them back to a positive revenue type situation. So, again, I still talk to Pat Philippone to this day. Actually, I Uh, Saw him two Fridays ago when I was driving down to Los Angeles, stopped by and saw him. Uh, He's feeling good, looks great. Guy's getting old, but he's he's, he's still doing it. And what's cool about Pat is that he's an old school dude for sure. East Coast guy from Boston. Um, But Pat has worked from operations into sales, into sponsorship sales, um, all the way up to being the president of Seventh Inning Stretch, which if you search, if you Google search Seventh Inning Stretch, they own the Stockton Ports, the Delmarva, Delmarva Shorebirds, and the Everett AquaSox. So Pat okay. Philipone is the president of Seventh Inning Stretch. So he goes from Stockton to Delmarva to Everett throughout those seas, the season,
1: basically. Um. A lot of stuff in there just about mentorship. So, so let me ask this, what is there, is there one moment when you were starting out that you can remember or recall that was very, we'll just say foundational for you, like getting your footing, uh, getting off on the right foot, maybe like a moment that it clicked and you're like, Oh shit. Like, okay. Like I kind of get it now. Like this, like this kind of makes sense now.
2: Uh, yeah, that's what I would say. it Was uh, my second year in Fresno when um, Pat got, took a, t- took like I said, five or six of us from that organization up to Stockton, and mm. I remember like it was yesterday a conversation that I had with Pat It was after my second season. I had sold that suite. I'd done great the two years in the organization. Got to know got to know him a little bit, um, and he's like walking by my cube, and he was like got an East Coast accent. He's like, "Hey, John." You kind of stopped by my office room. So I'm, for, I'm like, sure, the Deathly Pass sounds good. So I walked back down there and he just was like, hey, man, you're, you're really impressive. Your first two seasons here, I haven't seen like a lot of salespeople like you in this business uh, with your determination, uh, your work ethic, your organization, so forth, so on. Um, we had new owners that came in and bought the Fresno Grizzlies good people but real estate guys that just really didn't know a lot about the industry um put a merry-go-round on the concourse uh rock climbing wall in right field so <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of expensive stuff uh that doesn't generate a lot of revenue but costs a lot to, to have so yeah um, knew that knew that the best situation was but pat offered me to go to stockton um that that was the best decision for me to do um, i had a young family at that time um, so we were more than willing to to kind of leave leave uh, leave Fresno for for, for stock. So um, sure. it was a good. I, don't, I do not regret that decision at all to this day. I know people that stayed in Fresno for a couple more years. Eventually they left. Um, but if I had to put my eggs in a basket, it would definitely be in uh, Pat Philippones basket.
1: Right on. Let me let me ask this: when when, when obviously with, with the highs of like selling a full season suite, right. Or making an awesome placement, Nick, you know, in your industry or, or, or absolutely like crushing your, your sales goal, no matter what sales job you're in, um, uh, with all those highs come lows. So what has there ever been that you can recall, like a, a moment where it was like a big mistake that you made, or maybe it's just like, like you're you've hit a cold streak where nobody's saying yes to you nobody's picking up the phone nobody's agreeing to meet with you that a mentor somebody that you've mentioned and, and given a shout out to you because we, we want to shout all these people out that you're mentioning said something or or maybe just phrased something that is said a lot a different way that really stuck with you and has stuck with you to now
2: um you know i, I will say like uh not not anything specific, Cole, I will say. Um i I've, I've had some some pretty tough sales slumps for sure. I uh, do remember one of my first couple of seasons after Rivercats, I had a really good February, um, like thirty thirty-five thousand 35,000 February, like a great month. And then the next March, I had like 8000 hmm. dollars And I remember our GM, who's our GM still to this day, was like, what are you doing? You taking the month off because you because you had a, a good month in, the month before. And I was really like, man, I think this, I, I'm not doing this on purpose, but this has happened. So I had to you know, I didn't really shift my attitude to try and figure out how to get out of that rut. Um, and I think it's all about waking up in the morning and, and having the best attitude you have. Forget about what happened the day before, the night before when you leave your work, whatever time it is, and you go home, um, that, that day is over.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I want to just drive that point home um, personally, that's a good nugget and reminder for myself that so much of sales is attraction and the best way to do so is to just feel when that other person is on the other line that you are just giving them all the energy you have not in an overwhelming way, of course, but just like, man, like what, what is he or she on? They're, they're on something that like, I just, I want to get on myself. Um, So I wanted to drive that point home. I had a a couple questions on mentorship uh, here. So I'm going to ask for your opinion. um, If you feel comfortable soliciting it, fair enough. Uh, I'm just curious. If someone were to come up to you that, let's say, is Cole's age, what advice would you give them about finding a mentor to learn from and to grow from?
2: Uh, that's a great question that's a great question um it's got to be somebody you know it's got to be somebody that you have a relationship with already i think um, it's you know someone in in your past uh, maybe college life or, or that kind of thing um, but i think it's definitely someone that you have shared some business experiences with that have been um positive and negative so you can then Talk about those times. Use those times to to be better in the future. Uh, try not to let those same things happen. But I think it really comes down to. And, and, and uh, does it have to be somebody that's older than you? Um, I'm older than all these guys. I'm probably one of the older person people in our business. Um, maybe I'm not sure. Um, but you know, I don't think age is a is a is a big thing these days. Um, no, you know, we, Cole and I, we deal with people that. Uh, <laughs> And and rightfully so. They helped build the stadium. Well, that helped build the stadium, but they had season tickets while the stadium was being built, right? So those people feel that since they were founders club's members, they should get the world. I, I think that that's that's great that they feel that way. But I think that they should get the same service that someone got that bought last week. Um, I think it's great that they were there and 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 helped get things going, but you know, seniority shit or seniority and that kind of thing. I mean, I don't know about that kind of stuff. I'm an older guy, and I would say, like, if a younger person is, is uh, producing and, and doing things positive, nothing wrong with looking to that person as a mentor because they're younger than you. I think that's that's not a good road to go down for sure.
0: Yeah, and there is uh Simon Sinek had uh, mentioned this that it is it shouldn't be looked at as a mentor to mentoree meaning like though it's a one give all to that mentor looking down to the mentoree it should be mentoree to mentoree meaning there is value add on both sides Now it's easier said as a younger person than done. I don't feel like I could solicit positive advice to maybe someone that's been doing it longer than I have had more success, but maybe in some sense, my energy levels or my kind of freshness of life can give them some, uh, some poise or some good qualities. I don't know if that holds true. Um, another question I want to ask and what's that?
2: I think it's good that you understand that for sure.
0: I uh, I would like to take credit for that, but I'll give that to Simon because he was the one that came up with it. <laughs> um and and you had mentioned, was it Pat? I think that that was your the second mentor that you had?
2: Yeah, yeah, Pat Phillip.
0: okay, let's uh let's unpack him just a little bit. What are his top maybe one or two qualities that like attracted you to him or you saw in action, or what makes him to the caliber of mentor that you saw out in him?
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I mean, kind of like I said before, he, he's a guy that had, had, had done it from an operations type guy all the way through the business to be now a general manager. So um, that's something that, you know, that's just an unlimited amount of information that can be given to you from, from, from that person. So, um, I mean, that, that really was, was a key part in, in him helping be, be a, a mentor for him.
0: So just having overall experience within multiple facets of the business, just being able to help you out with that.
2: And and seeing as how he carried himself, um, you know, was, was a guy that, you know, and again, he was our, he was our general manager when I met him, but obviously you could tell he was a guy that didn't get caught in the, get caught up in the office gossip, didn't get caught up in things that were going to distract him from doing what he needed to get done. Um, I really, I really liked that. I, I, not a huge fan of this, this, and that, and all that kind of outside, outside noise. I mean, I think it's if, if you can focus on the the task at hand, um, there is a really special quality about being able to get things done that you talk
0: about. Damn, I love that. I really do, because as much as you want to create cohesion with the team you are hired on to do a job. And so you need to do that job and do it well or find another job and do that well.
2: (laughs) I think that's a great way to look at it. And, you know, know, in today's society, maybe that's some people wouldn't like to hear that and that's not going to make them produce better. Um, But, you know, I don't need somebody to yell in my ear and tell me this and that. But I, I, I think I take it upon myself to know what I need to get done and what is it, what is it expected of and what's expected of from myself to get things done so that's where you know you know the the the, the kid the kid from los angeles really really hit home with me and, and really that whole attitude of just man i don't need to hear about all this other stuff like let's let's get it done and if you don't want to get it done with me then i'm going to find somebody else that wants to
0: yeah i love that because it creates a lot of clarity um before i go on a whole nother tangent here with you uh watts i'm going to turn it back to uh to cole here
1: watts uh so i'm curious and and we'll get we'll get shifting uh because we're already like almost at 40 minutes with you so like time's been flying by and we've only gotten to like the the beginning of what i wanted to talk about uh with you so um kind of kind of last point just like on you on sales that that pertain to you on your like your sales journey? How what what has been the thing that has driven you to be like that shark, right? The shark is the term that gets thrown around in sales a lot. Someone who's always hunting, someone who's always looking for the next sale, always looking for the next close. Like you never stop. You keep filling the pipeline. You keep hammering the phones. Like you don't pick it up because the phone can get heavy, right? Um uh, what has what has been that thing that like when you when you sold that full season, didn't like you didn't just like pack it in that full season suite. You didn't just pack it in and be like I'm good. Or you have an awesome month, and the GM of the River Cats comes around, and he's like, "What you taking the month off?" And like that lights a fire. What has been that thing that has made you the shark you are?
2: Well, it's the uh, it's the the hunger of staying at the top. Uh, it's the it's the the expectation of yourself to be at the top. Um, you know, it's, it's I've always been a pretty competitive guy. I think that I, I became a little more competitive and, and understood competition a little bit more in my, later in my life when I wish I would have understood it when I was in high school playing football. But all I cared about was you know, playing football and chasing chicks and drinking beer on Friday night. So that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not gonna work out. Um, so I think it's really you know having, having the mindset of trying to really focus and, and get things done.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so Watts, as you now like transition, you're like obviously the title that you carry today as it sits is corporate sales manager for the Sacramento Rivercats. So you're in a, a managerial, a leadership position. Uh obviously I've mentioned that you were you were one of, of a few people that have really that were there when I was fresh, when I was trying to get my feet under me, trying to figure out one, what is a full-time job, and two. Uh, is this sales thing like something that's for me? Am I like, can I thrive in it? Because it, it's kind of scary getting going, and you're like, how do I do this and where do I start? Like, like we've talked about. Um, so what has been something that you have made an emphasis of as you've kind of like taken that step into like the leadership and managerial role? Well
2: what what is the what is the like one of the main things that I've I've taken and, and applied? Yeah. Um, you know, I think basically this understanding, like, you know, where a young salesperson's at. Um, I, I've, I've been a, I've been in inside sales. I've been uh, a young uh, account executive, you know, uh, from account executive to a senior account executive to, you know, manager of corporate sales. So, um, you know, I think it's for people that haven't been in, in, in this type of sales job in minor league baseball, or I think in sports sales in general, I think, Man, if you're the Sacramento Kings, you got all these these dudes, whether they're you know top top tier NBA guys or not, they're still professional athletes. You know, we're in a position where we're trying to sell minor league baseball. You know, that 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 that, that that's tough. <clears throat> and I think like, oh, you work in minor league baseball? It's like, yeah, I do. It's it's a challenge. It's a, I, I enjoy the challenge of trying to make that sale and and, and go through that process.
1: Mm-hmm so i i want to ask i want to ask this only because i have a great story about you uh when when you were like when i was getting going and like you like you had gone on a sales call with me and and, and, and to be honest it's like it's a it's something that i will always remember as a moment that i a, a moment that like will define me whether i ha- i am successful whether i am a total failure but. Like it defined me and like it lit a fire under my ass. And that's just being totally transparent. Um, but let me, but let me ask you this before I can, before I can tell that when you are working with someone that's a young salesperson uh, and someone who's fresh, who's new, maybe needs that guidance. Do you approach every person that you work with, or go on a sales call with, or like a, go on a meeting with? Do you approach them differently, or do you, in your mind is it? Hey, I'm going to give you these tools. I'm going to give you these foundational things, and then let you make it your own.
2: Well, I think everybody's different. You know, we've had we've had some salespeople in the past that if I would have had the conversation that I had with you, uh, that I think you're pertaining to, um, they would have probably turned the car around and we would have went back to the office, and they would have been like, "Hey, this I don't I don't want you to go on sales yeah. Um, so I think you've got to approach everyone different. You know, it's, um, you know, especially today's day and age, man, life, life is not easy. So you don't know what people are going through outside the office. Um, when they come inside the office, hopefully they can leave that stuff behind and focus on what they're trying to do. Um, but it's really trying to <clears throat> read the person. And, you know, I'm going to tell, I'm going to give the tools and the conversations that I have to everybody the same, the, the, the same details and that kind of thing. The way I present them might be a little bit different than I presented something to you, than I would present something to one of our new sales reps or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I thought I felt that the conversation that we had, I thought that you were, you are you have been been there long enough where I could have that conversation with you, and and kind of uh, yeah, try and try and you know uh, light a, light a little fire underneath you and and uh, get you to you know create create a little bit more urgency. Is, is what it's about in our business. You have to create urgency with the customer and with yourself. Yeah. you have urgency as a person in this business. You're gonna have 50 emails and 70 voicemails that you can't get to and you're overwhelmed because you don't know what where to start. So you gotta be you gotta be fast-paced, I think.
1: Yeah, well and and it's a great story because I can tell a a very brief version of it just so we don't run too long. But uh, like we were going on a meeting and we were in between meetings and (laughs) it like the first one had gone bad, bad, bad. Like I was stumbling over my words. It just ended horribly. And you're like, Hey, you got to figure this out. You got to like, you got to start to make this your own. If someone tells you something, you attack that. Uh, and, And like you go for that. You don't just sit idly by or keep throwing things at them that don't matter. Uh, you, you got to attack what people say, listen intently and and make this thing your own. And, and frankly, like, yeah, it created urgency, but it also forced me to take ownership. And I think that was like the biggest thing is like, shoot, man. Like if I'm going to, if I'm just going to be an adult, I got to take ownership of like my job, I got to take ownership of the, the role I do. And so thank you. Like like audibly, I can let people hear that. Like, thank you for that because I needed that. But that's also been defining because ever since, and I can tell you, say this honestly, like ever since I've taken ownership, I've enjoyed my job so much more.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, you're you're welcome, and I think you have taken that and used it uh, as a positive part of your presentation and and what you do daily. Uh, I think I many, to be honest, I mean Cole, I think you're on. Uh, you're uh, have a huge future in this business if you want to have. So I think it's, it's
1: really up to you. Well, thank you. Um, Nick, before, before I move on, we're about 45 minutes in. Uh, I want to hit on the Mamba mentality because that's huge for a guy that's come, that grew up in L.A. Uh, obviously, the, the passing of Kobe Bryant was traumatic <laughs> and it hit every single person differently, but the Mamba mentality lives on strong, uh, especially with him just getting into the, the Hall of Fame. So before we move to that, Nick, do you have any more questions or am I free to, to move this thing along? I think
0: this is going to be a really fun conversation. So I I would encourage us to go right into it because I'm very curious. This is where I may get very cultured
1: with someone that uh, lives in LA or at least grew up in that side of the world. State Street residents, do not skip over this. Listen, guys, if you've been following along since the first episode we put out, uh, you know how supportive, how proud, uh, and how amazed we are by Chi-Town Blankets and the work that they are doing um, in the city of Chicago, Illinois, and beyond, even stretching into Houston, Texas most recently. You guys, uh, if you again, if you follow along, you know how proud we are. You know how to donate. You know how to get involved. You know how to find the newsletter. Get subscribed to that so you're staying up to date. Uh, so here, here's all I'm asking you guys. Uh, if you've been following along, you know about, all about this stuff. You hear about it every week. Tell a friend. Your work is done. Uh, that's all you got to do. Tell a friend, get them in the know and, and tell them how they can help. Your work is done from there. That's all I can ask. Uh, and you then can skip through this. Uh, if you are listening to this for the first time, go to the website, www.shytownblankets.com. You can donate monetarily by donating blankets themselves they have an online store that you can pick out blankets that maybe mean something to you that have a special color your favorite color a certain pattern maybe a certain logo uh it's all through amazon and it's set up on their website perfectly um and then subscribe to that newsletter like i mentioned get involved n- know what's happening get uh, get in the know and, and stay up to date on all the great things that they're doing like a thousand dollar or a thousand blanket excuse me donation that they received recently um and all all the growth potential and the growth happenings for Shy town Blankets. We love Jack, we love Dom, uh, and, and all the folks over there are doing amazing work. So get involved, help the people of Chicago, Illinois who are in most need, uh, and let's spread that throughout the United States. So so what? Uh, where did it start? Where did the, the allure of the Mamba mentality, where did the love for, for, for Kobe Bryant like start at? Yeah, no, I mean it
2: started when he was. I I didn't know much about him. Um, you know, obviously later in his high school career, you would hear you know rumblings about this kid coming out of high school. You know, I didn't I didn't really even think much of it. He he got traded for Vlade Divac. He was a decent Laker at the time. Uh, we had, we had got Shaq recently. <clears throat> uh, we had Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones. So I was like, man, who, I don't even know what this kid's gonna do. What, what, what position he's gonna play? So. I'll tell you what, funny story about Kobe Bryant is I was not very high on Kobe Bryant when he became a leg and he started playing. I was like, man, this guy just shoots the ball left and right, doesn't pass it, doesn't look for his teammates. Like Shaq was upset with him at times, you could tell. And I was like, man, who, who is this guy? But I will say, when he missed those shots in Utah, that following season, he was fro Kobe. And the kid was like, it was crazy. It was a, it was a transformation of a player. It was like right away, everyone was like, "Oh, geez, who's this guy?" Um, and, and I think he 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 embraced like Laker Nation for sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So he uh, he just he, he was a great player. And I think you know he uh, let's not let's not be you know not true about things. He had so he had some rough times early on in his career, uh,
3: mm-hmm. but I
2: think he recovered from that as a person. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's uh, it's uh he he he's a driving force in my life to this day. Read read a lot of the books that he put out for kids. Um, my kids have read a little a little bit of the books. It's hard to get kids to read these days. Um, but you know, I think what's cool I think about Kobe Bryant is that obviously there was Kobe Bryant as the basketball player and and that kind of thing. Just you know, um, you know, in my opinion, the closest you would get. To, to to Michael Jordan to this day. Uh, there's other players that are that are really good and they're great, um, and they they wear the same uniform that he did, but they're not they're not Kobe Bryant. Um, they're, they're not they're not the player that he was. That player is way different, and he's great in his own way. But uh, for one, like he doesn't shoot like Kobe did, so like it's just it's a, it's a different comparison. So I don't want to go out on ten, I, I ran on that, um, but. I think Kobe Bryant as the person, uh, being a dad, being a, a normal person, like hanging out, uh, making a career after basketball that was still someone in the public eye that you could follow. Uh, he's just, he's just a, a, a smooth character, man. He was, he was, he was a really cool guy. Uh, with, without, without ever meeting him or, or knowing him, um, I could say that I think that he was, he was a pretty cool person. Uh, I know a guy that I worked in Fresno with he was down at the beach one time in Orange County. Um, uh, Kobe was walking with his family and not taking like pictures or autographs, just walking by. And I'll never forget. I was like, dude, but what, what, what did he look like? And he's like, man, he just looked quick. He looked so quick. Like he just looked quick walking. It's crazy. He's like, he's like, he just looked like he could just take off at any time and just be gone.
1: <laughs> so um, you know. What what is that like when when someone is able to flip that switch they do embrace laker nation obviously la being like a sports mecca of the world and, and like i mean so one, like the one of the biggest cities in the world and, and one of the, probably the most well-known outside of maybe new york or chicago cities in the world uh what is that like when when somebody who has who, who grows to have that mamba mentality uh and and makes that switch from somebody who. uh Maybe people are like, okay, what is this guy gonna do? Kind of like you said, Watts, someone who you're not very high on, but then he embraces it. He brings this mentality. He he comes into his own. Like, what does that mean for, for people? And how how did that impact you directly?
2: Well, I, I think it all comes down to his workout. It's as simple as that. I think what what he, what, drew, what people what draws people to Kobe Bryant is his workout. Because a mailman could embrace that workout, a guy who works for a sports team could embrace that workout, uh, a teacher could embrace that workout, uh, a healthcare worker, so forth, so on. I think that uh, the fact that that when he introduced that whole thing and what it meant to people, especially in LA, I think it was uh, it catapulted him in, in like Laker Laker greats, that kind of
1: thing. sure. Um. I'm just curious as it pertains to like the Mamba mentality, you hear like all these um, mythical stories about Kobe and like being in the gym late at night or like hours before a game. It looks like he's already played a game. What, what is your like favorite story of Kobe Bryant? I'm just curious.
2: Um, You know, I think uh, my favorite story about Kobe Bryant is that he didn't miss any of his daughter's kids events. Um, I think that. Really is something that that hits home with people. Uh, obviously, again, he did a he, he did a lot of great things as a athlete. Uh, but what I remember about Kobe Bryant and later in his career when he would have interviews and stuff, I think the fact that he was such a great dad was really, really. Uh, it it made you like feel closer to him as a as a person, as a human being, um, <clears throat> to his basketball stories or or that kind of thing. I mean, just the fact that you know. I think it, it, in the Olympics, uh, there's a story about him calling. Uh, I don't know if it's Gr- Tim Grover or not, Cole, but it was whoever mm-hmm. was training him in the Olympics. It was like three thirty, four 4 in the morning. And he was like, hey, hope I'm not interrupting anything, mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> I need you to meet me at the gym. So he was like, yeah, no, for sure. It's going to take you like half hour, 45 minutes to get everything together and meet you there. And he's like, that's, that's fine. I'll see you then. Uh, and he got to the gym, and Kobe was already dripping with sweat. He'd already mm-hmm. been there. So he probably made that call from the gym.
3: Right. <clears throat>
2: so I, uh... I think that's really cool, and I think there's a there's a part in the Muse that I was talking to a little bit about before, where he comes back for his Achilles.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he's in, I think, New Jersey, and you can tell he's in, like, a, a practice court kind of thing. And they show him – this is like when he first probably took some shots, did a little bit more quick work on his Achilles when it was coming back. And all you hear was this clank, 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 clank. There's nothing but clanks. Shortly after, all you would hear was.
3: Psh. So he was
2: having some trouble getting going. But once he got going, there was there was nothing stopping though that ball going through the net.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, some I mean some of the stories that that the people tell that people have been interviewed about with Kobe and the I mean just like just the work that he put in are are absolutely insane, they're absolutely mind-boggling. Um yeah, I was I was listening to uh to an interview on Ed Milet, which watch you you are you, you and I talk about Ed Milet a little bit. Uh and he talked about how Tim Grover, you're saying this is the trainer who was being interviewed by Ed Milette. He was Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's trainer. Um, He talked about how Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, for that matter, were nowhere near the most physically gifted players that that guy had trained. And that is something that I think when you you really sit and think about that, especially after something so traumatic like, like, like Kobe passing away, um uh, from that helicopter crash you sit and you think about it it's like man this guy didn't just have it handed to him he didn't have the the perfect physique the you know the bulging muscles that maybe that maybe people like to throw shade at lebron for for just being so physically imposing like kobe it was truly blood sweat and tears doing all of that wrapping that all into to a career um and it's amazing to think that while that was going on, while he was doing that in the midst of all that, he's still taking the time making the time to be just an awesome dad and an awesome role model for his kids.
2: Yeah. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think it's something that really, I don't know that an everyday person can can look up to and, and really implement that into their life some way, somehow.
1: Really quick, Watts, if you were to explain the Mamba mentality to a, to a, just be, so, because Kobe Bryant is is no longer on this earth, if you were to explain the Mamba mentality to a fifth grader, how would you explain it?
2: Um, you know, I would just explain you know, that's, that just you can never quit. Um, you can't let things, um, you know, and, and explain that as as much as possible. I mean, you know, to, to a younger kid, it's it's important that they realize that. I think, and the Mamba mentality is all about. Uh, having negative things happen to you and not letting them keep you down it's all about letting that happen to you having the mm-hmm. mentality to accept it somehow turn that into a positive in some way shape or form. um you know you're going to come out of the playground and you know a little 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 bobby over there is not going to want to play with you you guys were playing ball you playing you know dodgeball the last week uh you know it's all about you know, find, finding a way to, to meet other people on the playground, and then you know, eventually, I'm sure little Bobby and you are going to be friends. You know, but it's all about not letting things keep you down, and not letting you move forward, not not letting letting those things stop you from moving. Forward.
3: Mm. I
2: think it, I think it's uh, I think there's a, a podcast, and I think we talked about this call um, about Mike guy. Yeah, he, he has a, a that uh, the Mike Stud guy. Yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he has a really cool uh saying that this is called keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 somewhat about what the mama mentality is about. You just gotta keep going.
1: Interesting. I uh yeah, I mean it's it's something that I, I gotta be honest, it's something that's a lot easier said than done, right? To just keep going. Especially oh, when yeah. it's like when it's bad thing keep- after Yeah, it, it's bad thing after bad things happening, like maybe you're 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 getting banged up just like Kobe with the Achilles in the shoulder right we were talking about that before before we even came on air and it's like you know having to rehab one thing on your lower part of your body so obviously it's sore it hurts you had to have it operated on and then it's like then you got to rehab the shoulder and that doesn't feel good and that's taking time away from being on the court uh and it's also just affecting everyday life just being injured right like you you can't operate normally like a human being Um, and then, you know, in in our world watch, just to bring it full circle, it's like, you know, maybe you, maybe you wake up just on the wrong side of the bed one day and your back's just a little tight and you're in the, you're in the midst of like a cold slump uh, of sales and you can't get anybody on the phone. And, and maybe it's only Tuesday. So like, you still got the rest of the week to go and, uh, and, and things are starting to pile up and maybe you have a few conversations that aren't so friendly. It's like, how can you keep going, pick up the phone, keep dribbling, keep shooting, uh, keep, I mean, keep on keeping on when that's all going. And, and so I'm, I'm glad you said it like that. Cause I think that's totally right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think so. I mean, you got, again, that, that mentality, you can't teach that kind of thing in, in, to somebody. Um, they got to have that, that little fire inside of them that can, that can grow larger and larger and larger.
1: Mm. Um, beautiful We have reached an awesome point in this episode uh, we have covered everything that that I was hoping and and pleading and praying for that we would so Nick really quick obviously I have four questions that I'm super stoked to to get Watts and then and then we can let him go for the evening but uh, anything on your end just to to wrap up this kind of conversation wrap up this segment before we get to to the fun part of the episode.
0: Well, uh, just first off, Watts, thank you for going into detail on some of these things that mean a lot to you. Um, It's been really fun to divulge that. Um, just on the, the topic of Kobe Bryant, before we get to four questions, I'll make this brief. Um, I, I remember you were talking about the story uh, or many stories of him showing up earlier, staying late. And I remember one in particular where a guy had asked to work out with him or watch him work out. And he was in the gym very early. And he just said he watched him do very basic fundamental drills for like an hour and a half. Uh, Later on, he caught up with them and he's like, dude, you're the Kobe Bryant. You got five rings. Like, why the heck were you wasting time, you know, doing that drill? And Kobe simply replied, well, how do you think I got to be the best? Simply put, the fundamentals or focusing on the fundamentals of anything in life are so absolutely critical. Um, and then the second point, more of a statement than a question, um, I, I think keep going in a sense is just like there's this always this next evolution of self and, and what is that and how do we get there and what does it look like? Because it's pretty easy to lose steam young in your career when things aren't going in a, in a great way, but as you get older, you learn to handle your emotions maybe a little bit more accurately. So um, just wanted to put that input in just because I, I thought it was a very unique uh topic of conversation we have yet to cover that on State Street. So thank you for going into detail there, Watts.
2: No, yeah, definitely. I mean, with all with all sports, you know, um, baseball, football, basketball, they all have a spring training or uh, pre workouts, so forth, through so on where they're doing the things that all of us did when we played sports and practice that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think if you lose touch of the little things and don't make those uh, extremely sharp and and a focus of what you're doing, um, yeah, you're you're not going to be successful. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's – you don't got to overthink things sometimes. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Simplicity is the key to execution, as our good friend Jocko has told us in the past. But, Cole, without further ado, the most maybe fun or um, unique random, whatever word you want to call it, I think Watts is
1: ready to go. So what we do this with every guest, uh, there are four questions. Sometimes they're completely random. Sometimes they, they pertain a little bit to, to, to stuff we talk about. Uh, so I'm just curious. I'll, I'll start with a, a, an easy, maybe maybe it's an easy one, maybe not. I'll, I'll let you decide that. What means more? The Mamba mentality or the Mamba legacy that Kobe left or the, the legacy that Michael Jordan built? The last dance, the championships, the, the aura of Michael Jordan. Which legacy means more, do you think?
2: Um, I, to me, to me, the Kobe Bryant legacy means more. Um, overall picture, you know, I think that's gonna be a, a different answer for everybody. Um, especially depending on their age. Um, you know, I think I, I I'm 45 years old. I think people in my age 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 range think Kobe Bryant is the Michael Jordan of our generation. I mean, you've you've seen Chris Paul say that. Other 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 players say that that are, you know, not young guys, middle-aged guys that said, hey, Kobe Bryant was 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 our guy. I and mean, you've heard LeBron say that he had posters of Kobe Bryant when he was young. So I think that um I think that, that generation, and again, I think it depends on who you ask. Uh if you ask Pat Philippone, uh, he would say, You're crazy. Uh well, he's a Celtics fan, so he would say Larry Bird's legacy, but he would say, uh, I think he would say that Jordan error uh, so a fun conversation we always have is, which dream team would, would win? The LeBron-Kobe dream team or the Michael Jordan-Larry Bird-Magic Johnson dream team? So I great. Like Kobe death, But the Michael Jordan-Magic Johnson-Larry Bird team would absolutely destroy them. Interesting. We may but have 100%. to... And you would have people go, oh, well, who would guard LeBron and Kobe? Well, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, probably.
1: I, uh, yeah, it's a good question. It's fun to do that because those are things, I mean, even like, I know when I talk to my dad, right? Like my dad grew up, I mean, my dad's in his mid fifties, right? He, I mean, he graduated high school in 85. So it's like, he was prime Michael Jordan era, like prime. When, 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 when MJ was doing his thing, like in the nineties and the whole like last dance was was happening like my dad was like living through that and and it was a a total time of his life that like he'll never forget so yeah my dad would say like the michael jordan area is like the the best the best era in basketball right like that age group would say that and then it was and then i think about i'm like okay well athletes have evolved since so like isn't like a brawn a better athlete and it's like that debate goes on and on we won't go down that rabbit hole but but that's that's just where my mind goes um next question wise. If you could eliminate one question from existence, so never hear this question again, what question would you eliminate?
3: Man. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a that's a tough question. Um
2: How old are you? Uh... Oh. Well, no, I, I don't. There aren't really any questions that really bother me that much. That, that That's a great question. That's a, that a great question.
1: Yeah, I, I I actually really like that. Like you would eliminate how old are you? Because kind of like you said your point, like at least now, a lot of times, like age doesn't really matter. Like you can be successful. I mean, there are people today that are successful <laughs> at like 16. Like there are sixteen-year-old millionaires on like the t- on TikTok and like streaming video games and all that stuff. Like they're very very successful. But then of course you have you know the the Elon Musk's, the Scott, the the Jeff Bezos, the like all these all these millionaires and billionaires and soon to be trillionaires probably. I, I, I don't know that, that one
2: would probably uh, you know I have been skinny
1: all my life so I always get a lot of skinny <laughs> comments. if I could eliminate that, would be okay. <laughs> Um, in your opinion, what came first, the color or the rainbow? Uh, for sure, the color. For sure, the color, yeah. Really?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel that the color was was here before the rainbow. I mean, you have to know the colors of the rainbow when it happened. So, I mean, you have to know what colors are. So, all of a sudden, we didn't know what colors were that it came up, the blue, red, and green, you wouldn't know what they were. you just oh, look at these set of... Um,
1: shades of sense. That's valid. That, I think that's totally valid. That's a good answer to that question. I thought that question would stump you for sure. No, that's a good, that's a totally valid answer. Um, Thank you. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Well, Watts, that's four questions. Super simple, super, super lightweight to, to end the conversation. Uh, I'll just say on my end, Uh, thank you so much. This has been super fun. I've been anxious to get you on. Obviously we're going through a busy season of life. So, so time is of the essence for, for yourself, for me, for Nick being in Iowa. Uh, and obviously it's just a busy, busy time of year for, for everybody right now. But thank you so much. This has been so much fun, uh, to get like inside your brain a little bit. But also like hear what drives you what's what's behind the the person that you are today the salesman the the leader the manager um, all those things so it's uh it's it's super super cool it's super um it's what I mean what's the word it's uh it's uplifting kind of because it's like okay like this is what I'm striving to be this is what like this is the guy that like that I want to be that I that I strive to that, that I'm looking up to and like I want to emulate and I want to I wanna do the things he does because there's clearly success behind that. So thank you Watts co- for coming on. I just like, I, I said a bunch of, of, of filler stuff there, but thank you in essence, boiling it down. Thank you for coming on. This has been super fun. Uh, if people enjoyed the episode, find us on Instagram and Twitter at State Street Pod. Uh, Facebook is State Street Podcast. Uh, and obviously rate and subscribe uh, three stars. So again, Watts, thank you, man. You did us a huge favor, uh, by taking time out of your busy schedule, obviously rushing home from work, just like I did to make this happen. Uh, so thank you.
2: No, thank you guys, Nick. Thank you so much for sticking around. Um, this is, this is really cool guys. I think this is a great project you guys have. It's been a, been an honor to be on state street and, uh, um, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nick, go ahead and, and say your thank yous, your, your, your pleases and your thank yous and, uh, get us out of here for the evening.
0: Right. Uh, right before I do Watts is there, <clears throat> and there doesn't have to be a, a concrete answer here. Is there any social media, um, uh, that we could follow you on or how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my Instagram is a Jay Watts two, four, one, nine.
0: Jwatts two, four, one, nine. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to hit you up on there. Hopefully uh, the other uh, listeners will give you a a couple bumps or just to be a part of your life. Um, But thank you. You have done us a favor. I have appreciated talking Mamba mentality, getting some a flavor of LA on this fine evening Um, for those state street residents though, that are loyal. I hope you guys really enjoyed today's conversation Um, and uh, we're going to keep the ball rolling uh, as usual. So thanks guys. And until next time.